The world around us is changing faster than ever before. From automation, artificial intelligence, big data, geolocation, to every aspect of how we work and live. This includes data. Welcome to Data Gurus Podcast. Our mission is to bring you a real-life perspective on what's happening in the industry and how successful companies and individuals in this niche navigate through the sea of change. Encouraging you to be bold, be brave, and be fearless. Let's navigate the data ecosystem together. Welcome to the Data Gurus Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this two-part series that I do with Gary Laban, who is the CEO of Dynata. In this first part, we talk about Gary's journey to getting to where he is today, general leadership style. We talk about the impact of COVID-19 on him personally as a leader, but also on the business to a certain degree. And we close out this episode with a little bit of a deeper understanding of how Gary views the landscape and specifically understanding what business Dynata is in. Hope you learned something. I know I did. Take a lesson. Welcome to another episode of Data Gurus. This is Seema Vasu, your host. I have been waiting for this interview for a long time. And my guest today is Gary Laven, who is the CEO of Dynata. Welcome, Gary. Hi, thanks, Seema. It's great to be here. Really appreciate uh, you taking the time and letting me uh, be with you today. Of course, I want to cover a lot of topics, but let's first start with you. Give me a perspective of your career and how you ultimately got to Dynata. Well, my path to, uh, I guess, uh, Dynata is a little bit circuitous. I can even go back pretty far in that I started in the culinary arts. And uh, so to end up in sort of data was a little bit of a, a change or a turn. I, ended up, I started working for a woman who ran a catering business, and I started as a prep chef. I went to a line chef. I went to a sous chef and ultimately lead chef in the business. And I was doing that over the summers where I was going to university. And I happened to meet her husband who actually just <laughs> leaned in one day and said, stop working for my wife and start working for me. And he happened to run a, uh, a data marketing business, a division within Dun & Bradstreet. So that sounded like a good idea. And I did that for a summer before I graduated college. And it was so great that he was able to convince me to take a full-time role in his business and while I graduated with an engineering degree, I originally wanted to be a civil engineer and an architect. He, can, he was so compelling uh, and the summer was so great that I ended up putting that to the side and said, I can always come back to that. But let me try out this whole uh, data thing. And I went to work for him. I moved on to what uh, originally was TRW, now that became Experian, moved on to uh, advertising services holding company, WPP, in a variety of roles. And then as I was uh, in that role, I was mostly focused on sort of one end of the marketing services spectrum, media and advertising and CRM. And I hadn't spent as much time in, if you will, this end. And this part always fascinated with me because of the first party data accessibility. And so that was uh, the impetus and the opportunity came along. And that was five years ago that I uh, moved over to what is now Dynata. But I've spent, uh, as I just referenced, my entire career for all intents and purposes in the information services business, but I know how to cook. Talking to you as, as your position as CEO of Dynata, but if you made one different decision, you would have been probably somebody who owned a restaurant or a chain of restaurants, right? It's amazing. Who knows? I mean, a lot of good life lessons in that. It was a really fun 
culture and you know you've uh, you've certainly seen it gets a lot of airplay right food gets a tremendous amount of airplay with tv shows and the like but the frenetic pace so the catering business is all about that right because it's events Mm -hmm. and the experiences are tremendous because there's nothing more exciting than sort of a crisis breaking out at a bar mitzvah and having to figure out how you're going to you know, still make sure that the event comes off, even though something is going on that uh, you need to deal with. So you still cook dinner? All the time when I'm home. Yeah, that's my role. That's great. I love to hear that. Okay, so you've been at Dineta now five years? That's right. How has your experience been thus far? Really been uh, tremendous. And when I, you know, there was so, it's funny because the industry is rather tight and people come, you know, sort of in and out of the organization. There's so many people at the company who went off to work at a business that we might have ultimately reacquired or acquired that business. And so people boomerang in and out. And it's wonderful to see that the relationships just, you know, continue on throughout the industry. And, you know, as one of the larger sort of employers in the sector, you know, we have a lot of large roots and tentacles that extend. And it's really great because you can find someone who has accumulated additional experiences and can share them with you as I certainly attempt to sort of learn the business. I always joke that there is still, even five years later, rarely a meeting that uh, I'll attend in the company where I know anything more than anybody else about the subject at hand in terms of you know tools, techniques, and capabilities in market research. And I think that goes also to the fact that it's a very attractive sector and people you know get into it and love it and want to stay. What's the favorite part of your job? I love to meet with clients. And so the best part, which is now, of course, only being done for the most part virtually, is to spend time with uh, folks who are interested in doing work with us. And if I'm smart, I you know, do very, very little of the talking. And uh, hopefully they'll do a lot more of it. And I'll come out way ahead because I'll have learned a lot about what we can do better and what we need to do going forward. And so that's really the second best part. Uh, you didn't ask that, but is uh, as part of that, I'm you know try to get out as much as I can with to our offices all around the world, and we're just starting to talk about that now. Uh, you know how and where do we sort of make that happen? And and no surprise to the extent that people will, or at least governments will let you. It looks like Asia would be the first place that I'll be able to go back, but no one's allowing us in yet. So I'll have to wait. It looks like I think March got extended to the end of June in Australia, for example, but I'm champing at the bit to get out there and uh, and be with our colleagues around the world. Have you tried to replace those in-person visits as much as you can with uh, virtual you know, sessions and engagement with offices around the world? Yes. So we have, of course, we do that with clients, no surprise. And But we also have regular town halls that we do at, at a regional level. And we've done them at uh, office levels. And sometimes, you know, an individual will call me, one of my uh, our managers, and just say, hey, would you mind? I'm, I'm having my monthly, you know, meeting with my team. Can you pop in? And sometimes we'll just do that unannounced. So it's really nice. That's the, the beauty of being in a uh, sort of a video scenario is that I can just pop on and surprise folks and then just say, you know, what's on your mind? Let's talk about anything that you want to discuss. So we try to do that. And so every week there's a few of those going on that I uh, get into. Gary, how do you describe your leadership style? Well, I think that in this particular company, the style needs to be empowerment. And we have a large you know, number of, you know, we cover all geographies and we have a very broad service offering. And so there are leaders of both geographies and functional areas 
and a combination of folks who have been doing what they do for decades and even doing it in this industry for decades. And they need to be able to have the ability to run their business. And I mentioned it earlier, you know, generally I'll have less familiarity or less experience in the particular sector than they will. And, you know, it kind of gets to the sort of the next piece, you know, they need to be able to do their job. And so I love to give the autonomy to folks, you know, we'll set up, we have a very aggressive, if you will, and a methodical sort of goal setting and management process. And if we do that right up front and monitor that along the way, it allows folks to operate very independently within, you know, the boundaries of execution without having to sort of have oversight. And so I think that's very, very key. And all that sounds really serious, but I would also say, but the other part of that is you can't take any of this stuff seriously. If there's anything that the you know pandemic has certainly shined a light on, which is that there are things far more important than sort of our day job. And, you know, even before this, right? I mean, just on a pure numbers basis, we spend far less doing our work than we do the other important things in our life, including sleeping for that matter. And so, you know, being able to approach it with, you know, an air of sort of, you know, where does it fit in the priority? How do we, you know, inject some levity and some humor and things that can make us smile now more than ever is, you know, is really, really important. So folks know me, they know I can be very serious, but they also know that if they listen closely, there'll be some caustic sarcasm that'll come their way. That's fun. It's always nice to have a good laugh during a workday. Teams are in flux, but you still have to get your research in field. Partnership with Paradigm Sample means you get our expert focus on every detail of your project. We have access to over 1 million consumers and many business professionals who are eager to voice their opinions and participate in traditional and non-traditional online studies, whether it comes to sampling, programming and hosting services or consultation. We are agile and quick to meet your needs. Visit ParadigmSample.com today. So let's talk about COVID. I mean, obviously, we are all dealing with the impact of the pandemic, us personally, professionally, business-wise. How has it changed your perspective as it relates to, you know, how you operate day-to-day outside of the virtual meetings? That Just mentally, what are some of the things that it might have shifted? You know, that goal-setting process that I referenced uh, early on, we had to throw that out around March 23 and uh, last year and sort of say, what are the new goals? And frankly, they we didn't know how long this was going to last as everybody else did. You know, who knew that 30 days after that, one of my biggest priorities was making sure that we had toilet paper and paper towels in the house. Right. I mean, that actually ranked up higher than some other things in my, you know, in our in my life. And so, you know, if there's one thing, it was number one, how do we kind of think about things completely differently? Right. So, of course, we you know, yes, we made sure that we set ourselves up for and preserve liquidity as a business. We made sure that we first and foremost made sure that our employees were safe and healthy and that we provided everything that we possibly could for them. All those things, you know, that was very, very important. But as we thought about, okay, how are we going to operate the business? We set up a whole new set of goals and we and one of those important tenants was let's figure out how do we thrive right now? And what are the things that we have that are value, unique value propositions that companies in the sector and our clients and prospects could take advantage of. And so we set out a rather aggressive expansion strategy in a couple parts of our business. 
which proved very successful, so successful that, you know, this year, not that we're not in, you know, still in the pandemic, but a much different year, you know, we're continuing those strategies. And so that was very important. We also recognized that the acceleration of change is it can happen at any given time. And I, you know, certainly I think that was the biggest, I think, quote unquote, change for us in the sector was, I don't know that things are moving in a different direction. They're just getting there a lot faster because we've been able to sort of throw off there's the headwinds of, well, let's think about it. Let's plan for that. Let's analyze it to death. Well, in the face of the pandemic, when we ran most of our lives not being able or even wanting to do that, we proved that we can be resilient. So let's apply that to the day-to-day. And so I think that's one of the big learnings. And so when we came up with at the end of last year and we started thinking about our 2021 strategy, and you know, we went through the same process. The last thing I said when we sort of put the bow on it and said, okay, great, let's you know explode this out to the organization, cascade all the goals down is to say, hey, you remember when on March 23rd, we you know threw it all out? You know, We don't want the pandemic to continue, but we should consider whether or not, you know, take a checkpoint and say, you know, pandemic or not, should we be throwing certain things out, you know, faster than we would have, you know, thought? Let's it's let's embrace the very thing that you know we feared, uh, you know, when the year kind of got underway last year. I think a lot of people, I mean, with the pandemic and anytime there's kind of a sense of, you know, urgency, decision making just becomes so much faster, easier, and I don't want to say not data driven, but it's a bit of more mixture of data and instant. And I think some people place some really good bets and some people look back and say, man, I should have done that. And you learn a lot about a company and your own leadership style. Well, there's interim data driven, right? So not waiting for the final, you know, results when you see it. I have a 13 year old son who's getting into um, standardized testing now. And, you know, you think about, well, you know, how do you normally sort of go about your process of work? Well, you read the questions, you do the answers. And when you think about how best to take standardized tests, it's actually not like that. <laughs> it's, you know, how do you get to the best answer quickly or as quickly as you possibly can? And sometimes it means what are my possible choices of outcome? <laughs> and, you know, let me go back and look for that in the question, if you will. Right. And so, that's the way that I, it's, all that's data-driven, right? There's no doubt about it, but just a different way of sort of looking at the data. And so I think you're spot on with that. Let's talk about our industry. You alluded to, obviously, we've seen a huge acceleration of technology and its use in the marketplace. Let me first ask you, what business is Dynata in? We are in the provision of first-party data to drive the insights and ultimately answers that businesses and companies need to drive and execute their strategy and day-to-day success. And we surround that naturally with a variety of enablers, products and services that uh, facilitate their access and use to the data to drive those answers even better. So I'll use some buzzwords. You can tell me if it's in your definition of market or not in the definition of market. And it's probably going to be, it depends, but let's, I'm not going to assume your answer. Full service research. Generally not. Quick insights. Absolutely. Marketplace. Absolutely. Part of the ResTech ecosystem. For sure. Those are the buzzwords, right? They encompass anything else that I would add, including, you know, technology enabled or self-service or DIY or platform or SaaS, you know, the kinds of those are obviously getting to revenue models and the like. I reference those because they're part of what we do. Absolutely. All day long. 
I mean, ultimately, a client comes to you and they can pick from a menu of options, right? They can hear a sample from you. They can also get quick insights. It just depends on what their desire is. And I'll stop and say, do you agree with that analysis? That's very much, you know, for us, it starts with our first party data. We actually don't care how it's ultimately procured, meaning many clients are agencies or client or many of our clients have agencies or intermediaries through which they need to procure it. We kind of call that strategy Dynata first, which is to say, no matter who you are and how you choose to ultimately get answers using first party data, we want to be sort of that data. We'd love and we think that we can optimize your use and access to it by a variety of our tools and techniques that surround it. If you want to work with us directly to do that, great. But if you need or want to work with other types of uh, parties to help ingest and accumulate and understand it, we you know have channels and methodologies to do that, and we you know support that. Uh, that's of course how you know we got started in the business and is the largest part of our business today is making that you know distributing and accessing it through companies that aid in in the use and and access of it to their ultimate end customer. And what prevents you from going further on the value chain in terms of providing those, you know, deeper, more meaty studies, if you will? What prevents Dynata from moving forward on the value chain? Nothing prevents us. The way we do it, I think, is we try to be as disciplined as we can, meaning, you know, we have a, when we can create, you know, use machine and use algorithmic techniques to kind of augment sort of, if you will, some of the raw materials that we have, we absolutely want to do that. You know, we're less inclined for that to be, to have a large human component. Now we have a very large service layer in our business. Make no mistake about that. Generally that's optimized around, you know, the access and distribution of sort of the data, either, you know, in and out of Dynata, if you will. As I reference where we put, you know, where we extend our service offering, or we take some of these, you know, if you will, I've referenced it, you know, kind of the data and create ultimately answers for businesses on it. You know, for us, that needs to have a very high automated or, you know, sort of programmatic component to it that does that. We've created a number of neat, you know, I think are pretty cool tools that allow that. But at the end of the day, clients will choose how they want to access that. And, you know, we want to support it in all of those different ways. Thanks for tuning in today. I really enjoyed this conversation with Gary. Obviously, that's the first half of it. The part that really struck me was the candidness in terms of where Dynata's true core area of focus is in this market and not claiming one specific area, but rather really trying to serve the needs of insights as it relates to the use case that's required. Obviously balancing that with corporate strategy. Thank you for tuning in to Data Guru's podcast. This episode has ended, but your exploration doesn't have to. Head over to www.dataguruspodcast.com and access all the resources and links mentioned in today's show. You'll also find bonus content available to our podcast listeners exclusively. That's www.dataguruspodcast.com. Until next time, be bold, be brave, 
and be fearless.